it'll keep her hand off the mouse. <laughs> I'm going to click the whole fucking time. Don't challenge me, Dan. All right. My mic is very sensitive. <laughs> Apparently so are you. <laughs> Three, <laughs> two, <laughs> damn it. Uh, I'm sorry. Let's try it again. Three, two, one. <laughs> Hey everybody, and welcome to the podcast of Nonsensical Gamers. This is Boardcast News for November 5th. My name is Matt, and joining me on today's cast are my two lovely co-hosts, Miss Tiffany B. Hello. And Dan. Ladies. All right, everyone, we have an excellent Boardcast News episode for you today. But before we get into that, just a reminder that if you ever want to chat with us or reach out, you can do so by finding us on Facebook at the League of Nonsensical Gamers. You can shoot us an email at podcast at nonsensicalgamers.com. You can join the conversation at the BGG Guild number 2077 or find us on Twitter and Instagram or leave us some reviews, all kinds of fun stuff out there. Uh, So we've got some news stories and we have some Kickstarter spotlights that we have pulled from the internet. So let's jump right in and have Dan take us to the news. Okay, so the news. I'll probably turn this over to Matt at numerous points during this podcast because a lot of this stuff I think is of more interest to him than any of us. But the first one's not. And that is the Tokyo Game Market. And that is going to be coming up in November. And they've announced on BGG that the preview is up. I don't really know what's on there yet. Um, I haven't taken a look at it. But I'm sure it's full of all kinds of hipster goodness. Because it's it's interesting how this works. Is I think this game fair happens twice a year. And it's just a one-day thing. And I don't know if you've ever been to Japan. But everything they do there is kind of maniacal it's just crazy even just getting on the subway is chaotic it's just the kind of the culture and the temperature of what goes on there it's pretty cool Uh, i've been to japan many times and i'm really bummed that when i did go uh, i wasn't that into you know designer board games at that time i was more into ccgs and stuff so i never really got to take advantage of all the cool stuff that's come out of tokyo but hopefully someday we'll get to go because uh yeah as many of you know we all love the hipster games and i want that giant rhino hero that is the only place to get it right now you can like order it It just costs like a bajillion dollars yeah it's like a hundred and some bucks or a night i mean as much as i love rhino hero i'm not paying a hundred and some bucks i agree yeah so check that out if you're into uh japanese games i'm not sure how readily available some of this stuff is after the game fair. Most of these publishers are smaller or they're even self-publishers and they bring a small limited amount of all their games and they typically sell out of the good ones. Then again, as we always say, the good ones will make their way to us somehow or another. There's a lot of good relationships and partnerships coming out of um, Japan, even just with the BGG store getting more and more smaller games, which is cool to see. It's a so. short list, but there's some of these that I wish I could get. Hey, hey, listeners, Tiff here. If you're going to the Tokyo Game Fair, let me know. 
I got some things I want. She does. <laughs> and Christmas is right around the corner. She is very in touch with the strength of the end. <laughs> I don't know what that means. What does that it mean? Just go with it, Tiff. It's it's money. That's what you'd have to pay for if you went to the Tokyo game market. Oh, okay. I got that. <laughs> I kid. All right. So next up is a big announcement that happened this week from Fantasy Flight. Go figure. And they've announced that they will be milking even more money out of you using the Star Wars license. Um, they've announced a new game called Star Wars Rebellion. And this is a big game. This is one of their, I think this is all they're going to start making from now on is just games that cost $99.95. I think that's going to be their modus operandum going forward because this is another one. And this one, I don't know, like they released a small post on it yesterday, kind of detailing some of it. It's an asymmetric kind of giant galactic epic conflict game. So I guess you could maybe think like TI3 meets Star Wars, which has always been the the wet dream of most fantasy or not fantasy nerds, I guess TI3 nerds at some point was what if we could just take this really good game and put it in Star Wars, which we all love. So this may be the answer to all your prayers. I'm not quite sure. It's got 150 really cool little plastic miniatures. I mean, we're talking little stormtroopers and uh, the Death Star and some walkers and some ATSTs and little rebel figures, all kinds of stuff that are going to be used within the land and space combat that takes place. Just a, I mean, like I mentioned, it's asymmetric. So one, I think it's one or two players can play the Imperial side. One or two players, Matt, correct me if I'm wrong. One or two players can play the rebel side. And the Imperials have this kind of vast military strength and they're using it to kind of crush the will of the rebellion. And in order to win the game, those players need to kind of snuff out where the rebels are building their bases and just destroy them. So basically you're doing a little hide and seek and destroy. And then the rebels are trying to kind of rally the the systems and the different planets within those systems to, I guess, I don't know, sway them to your cause is the best I can kind of describe it. How you do this seems to be through a series of kind of missions and a couple of other things. It looks it looks kind of cool. I said massive before because the board is actually comprised of two boards that make this kind of galaxy with a bunch of, you know, well-known planets throughout the Star Wars universe. I mentioned there's four players. They can take on the role of one of like four of the big leaders again in the universe. So either either Princess Leia or Mon Mothma or Grand Moff Tarkin or the awesome Emperor Palpatine. So looks kind of cool. Again, huge price tag, which, I, like I said, I've come to expect that from Fantasy Flight. It'll be good quality. It'll have really tiny cards with a lot of print on it. I think that's what we can expect with a bunch of tokens. That's what I'm expecting. But uh, my interest is peaked. I will say that. What about you guys? I literally couldn't be more disinterested in a game than I am for this. Wow. Strong words. I don't know. I can see that. I just like, I don't love Star Wars the way people love Star Wars. In fact, I think the hipster in me is starting to make me hate Star Wars because it's so mainstream and everybody's like Star Wars all the time. So yeah. That's, well, that's... it is at its peak currently. I know. I'm getting annoyed with it, to be honest with you. I'm a huge Star Wars fan, and I'm just sick of all this, let's bleed this IP dry while we can with the new movie coming out. And just, I don't know. I'm just getting tired of it. 
Right there with you. I don't know. I mean, the original movies, they're fine. I get it. But I they're not amazing. Here's Sorry. my thing, and Matt, chime in for this, too. Like, this comes on the heels of... What the hell is the name of that game they just released? Forbidden Stars. Forbidden Stars. This comes right on the heels of Forbidden Stars, which, again, was billed as a TI3 killer. I mean, how many of these space epic games do you need in your collection? Like, these One. things take four, five, six hours to play. Like, they're not seeing the table readily. So, I, I just, I don't know. What do you think, Matt? Like, because I know you have Forbidden Stars, and I have TI3. Yeah, so, I mean, we've played TI3. I've played Forbidden Stars. Um, and just looking at this game, I mean, they... They fall in the same family. There's no doubt about that. And they all came out from the same design crew from the same house. Um, so I, I'm sure there's overlap. But at least the two games that I've played are distinctly different. TI3 and Forbidden Stars are not remotely the same, other than the fact that they're long space games. But gameplay-wise, not even close. This looks like it does have a little bit more of that TI3 feel, where you're moving troops strategically around it looks like there's territory control is going to be the big thing, um, which isn't directly how you win TI3, but it does have a big influence on your success. I think that the the Star Wars license here, they clearly, I would agree that they're milking it, but I haven't found FFG to be kind of violating the sanctity of Star Wars yet. I don't think that they're doing anything egregious other than you know, kind of cashing in on the hype of people. So people are what keep it going. And um, they're just kind of supplying people what they want. You know, if they delayed X-Wing expansions, people would start whining and complaining about how there aren't enough ships and things like that. So I agree that I don't know how many of these games you need, but this does look unique. I like the idea that it's asymmetrical. It's got the, you know, David versus Goliath kind of Star Wars lore to it. And I like the idea that it's potentially a really successful two-player space game that's kind of big and massive, where TI3 and Forbidden Stars don't fill that void. So I do see some differences here. I get that on the surface... It could be super disinteresting if you're not into these kinds of games. But I, I, looking at the finer points, I think I see enough variation where someone like me could find a lot to like about this game. So which of you is going to buy it? I'll, I'll buy it. Dan won't buy it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I'll, I'll probably buy this for sure and I'll, I'll enjoy it. And I don't think that this is a game that Dan and I would play. I think this is like a me and Ben, me and Cal kind of game, especially facilitating two players. But I, I mean, it's FFG and they do what they do very well. So I, I don't know. You could see it as a cash grab, but they make solid games and everything that they've had their Star Wars IP attached to has been good. I'm sure. I mean, it's a good business move. I don't blame FFG. Go for it. But yeah. I mean, I'd be I'd be more upset by the the Star Wars boggle and the Star Wars risk and the Star Wars this and that that kind of like I get why that's kind of making everyone sick of it. But this is a legitimate like ode to Star Wars. So, you know, I can get behind it. Fair enough. All right, so moving on out of that galaxy and into another one, which doesn't make any sense as a segue, but I'm just going to say it. Hasbro has, I think we mentioned on a prior podcast, how they launched that next big party game thing contest that they were doing with Indiegogo, and they've announced their five finalists. Just running through them really quickly, um, because I honestly have really no interest in these because I'm not a big party gamer, but... 
I think the contest itself is really interesting and how they're kind of going about it and handling it. So the first one up we have is called Irresponsibility, the Mr. Toast card game. And this is uh, billed as a family card game featuring Mr. Toast and his friends trying to shirk responsibility to other players while being as irresponsible as possible. I love that. I get it. But what responsibilities does a piece of toast have? I mean, let's let's get to the heart of this. Let's sit down, Dr. Phil, I and mean, let's look at this. It's hard to be the perfect piece of toast because you can be too soft or maybe you can be too crusty. Have you guys seen that video of that guy playing the video game where he's a piece of bread? What? Yes. That's all this reminds me of. I will find the link and I will try to link it in the show notes. It's Please basically it, a guy playing a video game where you play as a piece of bread and you just roll around the kitchen. So Is Mr. Toast an IP that I'm not aware of? Because I'm not in tune with like the hipster kids? You need to get in tune. I'm just asking, is it? I don't know. Because otherwise I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, if you Google, you discover the world of Mr. Toast. So yes. And it does not look like it's necessarily a kid's IP. Oh. No, it's probably like Mr. Toast has like potty mouth and he does like stuff. Like that's what cartoons are nowadays, I think. It is a webcomic. <laughs> okay, so it is a webcomic. That makes more sense. I feel like I've heard of it and I've just obviously not been that interested in a piece of toast comic. But Guys, I'm entering the world of Mr. Toast right now. Live on air, exploring Mr. Toast. All right, well, tip f- let us know what Mr. Toast is. I'm going to move on to the next one, which is called Hexes. This is a game of witches and wizards. It's a card game. And you're going to be playing these different hexes on other players, which make them follow these different hilarious rules, such as reciting various phrases while completing a physical action. So kind of what I would expect from a party game, which sounds cool, I guess. The next one is called Warning Signs. This involves playing as tourists and making up captions for the odd signs that are lying around. Now that one I'm actually kind of interested in because... I used to do this a lot when I would travel in Europe, especially when I was like snowboarding in like various uh, resorts (laughs) and they'd have these like ridiculous signs of like people falling off mountains or like a goat attacking you, like all these amazing signs. And all you could do was just sit there and stop and caption them with your friends. So I'm actually kind of interested in that. I'm going to check that one out. The next one is called touchy feely. I'm going (laughs) to, maybe I'm interested in this one too, depending (laughs) on the play group. (laughs) And this is where it gets better. Play blindfolded. You have to complete certain tasks to earn differing amounts of points. That is the description I am reading on this website. It's going to get a lot of teenage customers. I I wonder if you play this in a white windowless van (laughs) with a pocket full of Werther's Originals. Like this sounds ridiculous. (laughs) let's call a game touchy-feely and then blindfold everyone i mean this is uh i can't say what i really want to say but i'm gonna leave it in that so depending on how many beers people have had and depending on how what the (laughs) what the makeup of the group is i might be in for touchy-feely you might get kicked out of the pub if you start playing touchy-feely there this is true and the last one is called sunk And this is, you are adding various amounts of water to a cup without it sinking, all while being distracted by fellow players. So those are your five finalists. Now, what they've mentioned is the the finalists must generate at least 100 unique contributions to their Indiegogo sites. And then from that, the winner will receive $10,000 and the trip to Hasbro headquarters to develop the game further. That's pretty cool, I guess. So... 
A couple of interesting ones. I mean, there's a toast that doesn't want his day job, and then there's one about touching people, and then one about <laughs> making signs. I I don't think I care about any of these. You could you could maybe interest me. I think the warning signs would be interesting, but that's about it for me. So we'll leave it at that. Next up, a uh, couple of quick app mentions. So the Dead of Winter Crossroads app that launched, I believe that was launched on Halloween. This is a companion app for that beautiful game, Dead of Winter, that we all know and love. Yeah. I couldn't tell if that was sarcasm or not. I was confused. Sarcasm. Trying to You don't think that game's beautiful? It didn't sound sarcastic at all. It's a very well illustrated game. I think Dan's real thoughts just seeped through. Yeah. There was a game under those beautiful illustrations. Well, this adds some interesting... This does add a little bit of interest to the game, but for me, not that much. But for those who play it religiously, this is probably awesome because one of the biggest, quote, gripes about Dead of Winter on the Crossroad cards was that they were just so hard to read and stay within the theme and keep some of the decisions that would affect you or the group hidden to bring about a little more tension, etc. So what this Crossroads app is supposed to do, the companion app, will read the Crossroads cards to you, I believe using Eric Sumner's voice. Oh, yeah. And then you will choose, you know, option A, B, C, whatever it is, and then it happens to you. So it it takes out that whole need to kind of read the whole card and then decipher what you want to tell the other players to keep, like I said, that tension or just the decision kind of hidden. Because if you just read and say, okay, if you do A, this happens, and B, this happens, like it really kind of killed the immersion, which is probably where this game is the strongest because mechanically it's just dice rolling and challenges kind of thing. But the where they really get you is this cool little crossroads mechanic, which I, I do find to be pretty innovative. If I ever unshrink my copy of Dead of Winter, I'm going to use oh, this geez. app. <laughs> I think companion apps are cool in certain instances. I mean, I didn't really like the XCOM implementation of it, but I really like like One Night Werewolf. I think that's a really good one. Some other like timer apps for like Space Cadets. I think they add just a small little bit of automation that helps in certain areas that really kind of drag certain games along. Check that out. I don't, how much is this, Matt? It's a dollar. Okay, so it's a dollar. Bargain basement. You have no excuse. That is less than a Coke. And the other app news is the Steam. So the beloved Martin Wallace train game is now live on iOS and Android. It has been out uh, for a couple of weeks on Android. Uh, the iOS app hits some snags in its approval process, but it has gone on sale now. I believe it is $6.99 in the app store. Really good train game. I really like this one. One of the better kind of heavier th- set heavier set (laughs) this game's fat (laughs) now one of the better heavy train games that i I really enjoy so check that out uh matt i'm gonna turn over the next two to you because i don't know what a game trailer is to be honest exactly that's why these are in the news so there are two game trailers out currently and for whatever reason they both happen to be bruno cathala games the first I'll, i'll say quickly is the abyss kraken trailer It's an animated trailer that talks about the new things that are added to the game in a very stylistic fashion, almost like a 30 second like news or video game trailer. So you can go look at that. But we know about Abyss Kraken. The other one that I picked is for Bruno Cathala's new game, Raptor. And it is fantastic. If you have any affinity for Bruno Cathala or you think you don't, you now will after watching this trailer. Did you watch it, Tiff? A little bit of it right before we got on here. If you want to see Bruno Cathala 
looking like he's from Jurassic Park slash Indiana Jones in this like B movie, fully self-aware game trailer for Raptor. Uh, It's fantastic. It's not very long. It's like a minute or two. And it has Bruno Cathala in like an Indiana Jones hat. And clearly a nod to Jurassic Park where he looks to the side and the raptor attacks him. And I don't speak French because it's in French, but I'm almost positive he says clever girl. Ha oh, ha, clever girl. Oh. <laughs> but uh, it's it's just a super goofy game trailer that just gives a lot of personality to the people who worked on it and to the game itself. It clearly doesn't take itself too seriously, neither do they. And uh, I just, I appreciated it, one, because game trailers who is doing board game trailers and two it's hilarious so i would check it out yeah the game itself i'm really interested in the game looks um, great this tra- you should go watch the trailer dan you'll really want to play i already want to play it because i saw it uh we saw it at uh gen con and it's really cool i love the card me- mechanism that they have it has vincent Dutrait art i know it does it's got little raptor minis i don't know it looks cool i can't wait for it i think it comes out this month yeah and I think Abyss is going to sneak out this month, too. Yeah, they're keeping it a little... Yeah, they're not talking about it. It hits French stores on the 6th, so I think it, that's, what, Friday? It's going to be awesome. It'll be it's, my top of the stack, all three of them. The trailer probably should have just said, Abyss, $30 will make the game a little bit more interesting. Dun, dun, dun. Hate, 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 hate. <laughs> ah, Intelligent Fee. Yes. I think that might be smart girl in french which is clever girl well, now that you've showed off how okay uppity you are uh the jack vassal memorial fund is live the auction that is do you want to talk about it dan yeah, i mean we talk about it every year well we talked about it last year because before that we weren't in existence but it's basically people just throw up all kinds of different things uh you know game days with your favorite designers or special like prototype parts or special edition games, all these different things that people can bid on. And all the money goes to the Jack Vassal Memorial Fund, which is this fund is used to help gamers in need. So when kind of the everyday, small, little, out of the blue kind of either crisis or issues or anything that just really dampens the spirits of gamers, this this fund is there to aid them, which is kind of cool. Yeah, very cool. And it runs until the 14th. So all kinds of stuff to check out on there. We don't have an item on there. Maybe we should get in on this one year. They have meeples that have been made by chainsaws. That's cool. Yeah. I dig it. It's a small chainsaw. Well, they're they're like <laughs> giant, giant meeples. Oh, man. <laughs> I feel like we're back to the me pillows discussion all of a sudden. Like, just me pillows. <laughs> all right. Anything else in the news, Dan? Uh, no. That's it. Pretty much. That's all I have. All right. Well, let's go ahead and transition into Kickstarter Spotlight. We got a few things worth chatting about and a couple of quick mentions about some old and some new projects. Uh, So let's jump into that. So our first project up today is called Tavarua from Far Off Games. And this one will be ending Monday, November 30th. It's got plenty of time to go. And it is only a, it's a little under a third of the way there. But the reason that this grabbed my attention is that this is a tabletop game about surfing, which I don't think I've ever heard of. Are there any other surfing games floating out there? Yes. There are? My buddy Kyle has a game called Surf's Up, and he always brings it to game night, and it never gets played. But this is one of few, maybe. Yes. 
the price to get in on this is 39 bucks. There's some other editions, collector's editions for 49. But essentially, this is a competitive surfing game for one to six players, which I guess means that there is a solo variant of sorts. But you are going to be trying to do tricks and ride waves successfully to score points and do better than your opponents. What you get in the box is all kinds of cool stuff, including tiny surfboards for your wooden meeples and a sweet wave board. And you're going to be using cards to strategically maneuver um, across the waves and ride them successfully. So I thought this looked pretty cool. Um, I don't know if I'm going to back it per se, but... Just the uniqueness of the theme is really what caught my attention. Yeah, well, and this is by the same guy that did uh, Zaya. Yeah. I feel like that was really well done, and this promises to be possibly awesome because it's yeah. a unique theme, and yeah, it looks good. How much is it? 39 bucks. Mm. It looks cool. If it was $29, i would be all in, I mm. think. $39, $40 is a pretty fair price for most games these days. I like the, basically there's like a wave break system where the waves, um, you've got slats of waves, almost like the New Bedford whaling kind of thing. And they move in towards the shore and they each have a value. So you can paddle out a certain amount and then you can ride them back in and they'll shift as you go. And then you paddle back out. They have a cool little gif up there showing the the dudes paddling out and, and surfing back in. It just looks pretty neat. You can move along your board depending on the kind of board that you're riding. They have long boards and short boards um, in different positions for your meeples and things like that. And the graphics, I mean, they're not off the charts, but they're really, I like the style of it. They have a really kind of fun, vibrant beach feel to them. So I think the game looks interesting. It's hurting a little bit for funding at the moment. You know, it wasn't a day $1 million, but hopefully it'll it'll make it. Yeah, I hope so. And that $39 does include the shipping, I believe. I just tried to cool. pledge for it. Tiff is notorious for just backing. I don't know if she was actually trying to back, but she loves to, to back games while we're... I was just checking recording. for the shipping, but yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. No, I mean, <laughs> this is up my alley, right? Because there aren't that many surfing games, and I'm... I don't know. I wish there was a snowboarding game. Well, maybe you Dan? could find some cool things off of this. Maybe. All right. Uh, our next one that we want to chat about, or maybe not want to chat about, is called Islebound. And this is another Ryan Lockett Red Raven Games game. It will be ending November 23rd. It has funded uh, well over its funding goal. And this is what I've noticed. I, I finally woke up to Ryan Lockett. What I've noticed about his games is that apparently they're all the same they, he just changes, like, the genre or the modality of the game. Is that fair to say? <laughs> it's, like, all set collection with some dice and things like that. And, like, this one is you're building the map. Like, it's a map-building game while you do all these things. And then there was a storytelling game with Above and Below. And there was a Machi Koro dice rolling game. But they all seem to kind of work the same way. Sure, I guess. I mean, I, I don't care for most of those games that you just described, so I'm not probably the best person to ask because I usually lose interest in them really quickly. They all look the same and they all feel the same. I think that's fair to say. Well, he's got a, a distinct style. I like his art style, so I'm okay with them all looking I like the, the same. art. I just, the gameplay, and I was talking to Tiff about this the other day, texting, when I saw this launch, and I was like, how does this guy churn out so many games in such quick succession and because I don't find them very good. And I've often said that some of them feel a bit underdeveloped. I mean, it, it worries me that they're just 
churning these out left and right. And again, they look great. I just haven't been really impressed with how they played. I don't have a lot of experience with them. Um, and that's that's why I was kind of throwing that question out there to see if either of you were able to kind of check that thought. But it just, it seems like a lot of the general gameplay is similar. And then just kind of the the package that it comes in is different. Like I said, you know, this game in particular, you're cooperatively or dynamically building the map through tile placement and traveling around. It definitely looks cool, but after seeing all of his other projects... I wonder if it. I wonder if him doing the art for all of these games and it being in the same style, if that kind of factors into you, like subconsciously, it's like I saw this game already. You know what I mean? Like, well, it's yeah. just he did the city before. Now he's doing the ships, kind of thing. Right. I think he. Do, I mean, I, th- I do think he gravitates towards certain mechanisms. Right. Like set collection seems to be a constant in most of his games. I've liked most of the games of his. I've backed just about every single one. Not every single one, but a lot of them. And I've liked them. Like, 8-Minute Empire Legends, I really liked. The Ancient World, I liked a lot. Artifacts, Inc., I wasn't that happy with, but I only have played it once, so maybe that'll be better. And I just got above and below. I think his games are a little on the homogenous side, but it's consistency at least. They're n- none of them have been total crap. No, and I, I I haven't played enough to weigh in one way or another. So it's good to hear the two sides of the coin where Dan isn't a big fan and you've actually liked a lot of them, Tiff. Um, I just, I don't know where to fall. I did get above and below and I've played some of the other ones. So I'm interested to see, but this, I'm not drawn to back this, even though it's got a nice price tag, 44 bucks isn't bad comes out next year. It does look nice because I like the art style. I just, I don't, I'm a little turned off maybe because I just got one of his games. I don't know. That could be it. And I mean, I think there are no gameplay videos up yet. So maybe as those come out, like it's hard to tell from the video. Yeah, like you're building tiles and you're moving around a thing. But till I see the actual gameplay, I don't, I don't feel too compelled to back this, but I probably will end up doing it just because, like, yeah. at this point, I kind of support the guy. He's one of the few Kickstarter uh, board games, and especially for a small publisher like him that's doing everything, that gets everything to you on time or even early. It's yeah. impressive, and I support that. So I think if the game interests you, you're in good hands. Yeah. For sure. So cool. That is Islebound. Um, and maybe, you know, as more gameplay comes out, we'll have a few more words to say about it. But for now, kind of up in the air. Uh, the last one that we want to talk about at length or, you know, however much we want to talk about it is called Mana Surge. And this is coming out from Daily Magic Games. And this will be ending on November 24th. 20 bucks gets you the deluxe version. It's only six bu- 16 bucks to get the regular version. So somewhere in that 15 to 20 range to get um, your version, preferred version of Mana Surge. And Dan and I, along with Kel, got a chance to play this. Uh, we will be playing it a bit more, but I enjoyed it. It's an interesting little card game. It's basically, I don't want to say it's like a trick-taking game because it's not. It's like Uno on steroids. Yeah, it's got a it's got to follow the leader I guess if you want to call it that kind of mechanism where someone's going to lead with a certain type of card and you have to play um, equal to or higher than that card. There are some special abilities depending on the type of card you play um, where you can reverse or you can play another card. It does feel very Uno-esque. And the entire time thematically, you know, this surge of mana, these wizards are tossing it back and forth at each other, passing it around. And it's 
getting exponentially bigger and you have to at some point someone's not going to be able to handle it someone's not going to be powerful enough and it smacks them in the face they take some damage and everybody else gets to reap the benefits by scoring some points which are these mana crystals or surge tokens so i thought it was fun it clicked halfway through the game so i need to play it some more to really get the feel for the play Uh, but when i first started playing i was getting the crap kicked out of me magically and It wasn't sitting right until I kind of figured out about there's some unique ways to play cards and kind of take a hit sometimes and uh, press your luck to try to play certain ways. So I thought it was cool. Yeah, it was neat because there's there's six spell types within the game. So whoever's the first player leads with a spell card from their hand and each of the six different spell types has a different power associated with it. So what you're going to do is you're going to play that spell type and that's the that's the spell that's that's the valid card i think is what they call it or something along those lines i forget what it is but it has a thematic name to it (laughs) that's the card that you're looking to play off of so going around the table in turn order you're looking to either play a card higher than that value in the same suit or just a card that's higher than that value when you play a card that's of the same suit you get to take the power of that card thematically it's like you're channeling that spell to make it even more powerful and you also get to take a mana crystal and put it on that spell and as matt said you'll play until somebody can't play a valid card and then what happens is everyone who's played a card of the same spell type so if me and matt both played a fireball and tiff couldn't play a fireball or another card that was higher than the two matt and i played tiff would take the damage from our fireballs and we would gain points from our fireballs kind of thing so yeah like matt said it was a It took a couple of rounds for it to click kind of the tactical elements and how you could kind of manipulate the cards. Because there's also these like one-time effect cards that can throw off the entire spell that's being played. And the advanced version also has individual wizard powers, which gives each player their own kind of special power when they're playing different cards. So pretty cool. It packs a lot of uh, punch, figuratively speaking, into a $16 game. And the art is really good. These are the guys who brought us Valeria. So if you've seen the art for Valeria, I'd say this is on par with that uh, as far as quality and really vibrant colors and cool little spell cards so I, I i'd recommend it and like matt said hopefully we'll play it some more and we can talk about it either on another episode or write up a review or something along the lines but yeah. i highly recommend you go check it out check it out probably worth supporting it's in that small box category and uh low entry value for a game that seems like it'll get a decent amount of play it's a very social game too it's not one that's really gonna tax your brain so you know as we were playing beer and pretzels yeah, easy. we were as we were playing, we were just chatting and you're just tossing cards out. It was almost like kind of playing poker in a way. Like I said, like Uno Hearts, like it had a kind of very relaxed feel to it, but it still had a lot of cool gamery elements that that were fun to toy with. All right, so we're we've got two quick mentions that we want to chat about. The first one is Monster Truck Mayhem. This is a game that we previewed and evangelized a little while back that got pulled just because of the design of the campaign wasn't drawing quite what they were looking for. So they've redesigned the campaign, put it back up on Kickstarter. It is officially up there. It will be ending on November 24th. And now $29 gets you the game. And this is different than the price that was originally put out there Um, it's much lower the box itself it comes as more of an entry level or base box 
and then you can add on extras. If you want expansions, if you want fancy dice, if you want extra cars or trucks, uh, you can seek those out to your leisure as opposed to kind of being forced to purchase all that for a higher price like the first campaign. So I think some smart moves being made here with the re-release of Monster Truck Mayhem, an awesome dexterity game that is, you know, five minutes of super intense dice rolling, you'll work up a sweat, You'll scream your lungs out doing Sunday, Sunday, Sunday cards. Uh, an awesome time. A uh, game from Matt Riddle and Ben Pinchback, friends of the show. So we really dig it. You can see our preview up on nonsensicalgamers.com. But definitely one to keep an eye out for. And no reason not to back it anymore. 30 bucks is a steal for this game. It is so much fun and so unique. That's my spiel about MTM. Yeah, apparently, too, if you don't want to like build up a sweat, they're going to be releasing rules with this version that will allow you to play it in a more turn-based style. Oh, get out of here. That's awful. I'm just saying, it's just another way you can play it. And they've also released a new truck, which looks like the Metal Gear Solid clown ice cream truck car. Yeah, sweet tooth. <laughs> yeah, which is pretty cool. And that's going to be a promo if the, if the game funds. So Definitely want to check out and support. Fun stretch goals, too. Already backed it. And the last one that we're going to chat about real quick is Boogie Dice, which, you know... Save the best for last, because who didn't want to talk about some boogie dice? Uh, these are self-rolling, sound-activated gaming dice. And this project has taken off. It has crushed its funding goal and will be ending November 12th. So you got a little bit more time to check it out. Essentially what these are are sound-activated dice. You clap or you bang on the table and they roll themselves. But why? Why not, Tiff? I mean, with someone like, man, rolling dice is hard work. I wish I could just snap my fingers and they would roll for me. Did some? Did that happen? And that's what... Someone invented a whole product because rolling dice was hard. I don't know that it... It's just... It's innovation, Tiff. It's, it's just the next step. It's the same as the dice poppers that, you know, we almost bought thousands of dollars worth. But I didn't buy a dice popper. Tiff is displeased with this project. I'm just so confused. The interesting thing around it is that they're starting to create games, actual games that use, like, a real-time game that uses this sound-activated dice mechanism within the game itself, which could be interesting. I mean, the project itself comes with a game called Bots Battleground, which is a real-time kind of card game that simulates uh, robot battles in an arena. And the, the die, when rolled, kind of, changes the rules and dictates kind of what can be played etc so it could be interesting i don't know i'm not like uh, my question is is like could i play that battle bots game with regular dice like why these dice why do i need these you don't need these tiff but why do you need anything on your shelf I don't. It's a novelty, and it's <laughs> okay. it's the latest it's and greatest just, in tech. It's I got just, you. Yeah, it's just what it is. I don't know. It's interesting. We were actually sent a preview of this, but sadly, it got beaten up in the mail, and it, it didn't work because these the prototypes were actually handcrafted. The gentleman who runs it is a, an engineer of sorts, and he did this project in collaboration with the gentleman who did the agents. And King Down, those two really successful past Kickstarter projects there. So he designed the game around the the engineered die. So yeah, I mean, if you're looking for a way to like blow some money and you want to die, it's 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 a cool little novelty, I guess. Especially if you're a dice fan. If you collect dice, you gotta have one of these. Now listen. To be fair, I have been watching the same replaying video of some someone pounding a table 
to activate the boogie dice for at least 10 minutes, and it's mesmerizing. I have been doing the same, Tiff. Crap. Could you imagine if you were the one pounding or snapping your fingers or just whistling? <sighs> they can also be rolled normally. They're like multi-purpose, multi-function. All right, sold. The only thing here is that it is a new tech. These guys have done it from the ground up so the pricing you know isn't optimized yet you got 22 bucks for a single die you've got 38 bucks for two dice that includes the charger which is like one of those rapid chargers that you just set things on top of you don't have to plug them in or anything like that to get the game that comes along with it 45 bucks so it's not the cheapest project but you you got to think you've got sound activated dice they're not going to be cheap you know it's kind of like it's a wild engineering feat guys they come and glow in the dark. Exactly. See? <laughs> you were you a doubter. Dark, we converted you. By yourself. And clap. And clap. Yeah, All right. Exactly. Tiff would just pound on the table just over and over again. Probably. Exactly. It's, it actually seems soothing now that I keep watching the video. It could be like a zen thing. Like if I was having a bad day at work and I just snap my fingers and this little die starts dancing on my desk in front of me. It's like, dance for me. <laughs> it sounded so lecherous. Well, it's, I say it like that for anyone who's listening who played Skies of Arcadia back in the day, one of my favorite RPGs. The, oh, okay. the gun-toting pirate guy used to shoot at the ground and say, dance for me. That's my favorite special move. Yeah, it's from Dan's weekends at weekend activities, you know. Yes. All right, dance Boogie Dice. That's all right. That's why I asked for my paycheck in ones. Yep. A lot of ones. <laughs> so another one to check out. I mean... Tiff may be a backer. She may have just backed and not told us because she's ashamed. I am ashamed. Because she made fun of it. But uh, yeah, Boogie Dice and Bots Bots Battleground, one to check out. And that is all we have for you for the news for this week, November 5th. Uh, If you would like to reach out to us, you know how to do it. You can find us on Facebook by searching for the League of Nonsensical Gamers. You can shoot us an email and chat by emailing us at podcast at nonsensicalgamers.com. And thank you to the few people who have been sending us uh, emails recently. We appreciate those. You can always chat at the BGG Guild, number 2077. If you would like to get yourself a tiny Nonsensical Gamers Shield micro badge, be sure to post in the thread, and Dan or one of our other kind followers will tip you some geek gold, and you, you can get yourself a shield to represent. Find us on Instagram, Google+, all those fun places. If you enjoy the show, we would appreciate some iTunes reviews or some Hearts on Board Game links or some reviews on Stitcher. Those help us get the show noticed and make our content all the better. You have no idea. If you want to chat with us personally, you can do so by finding us on Twitter. Tiff, if somebody wants to chat with you about Boogie Dice, where do they do that? (laughs) Oh, I hope you guys do that. I am at IneptGamer. And Dan, if somebody would like to crap on all things Ameritrash with you, where do they do that? Just about anywhere. At League Nonsense on the League handle, although I'm usually a little more tame on that one. And at Scandalous underscore Nad if you want my true feelings. But Tiff, seriously, I hope you get them because I'm going to call you all the time and just start snapping in the phone and see if you're like boogie dice. Activate. <laughs> Why don't it's you freaky. Get it's kind of like that new. It's kind of like that new Amazon Alexis thing. Like I was saying this to someone else. Like I could see a future where commercials will say certain things that activate technology in your house, and th- things just go crazy. It'll be nuts. I uh, can't wait. Every time your mailman comes to drop game packages off, Tiff, he'll knock on the door, and your boogie dice will roll. Exactly. Why do I have to get them? Why can't you guys get them? We'll all get them, and then <laughs> they'll boogie together. 
All like right. one big giant dice disc. We'll bring them together at cons and we'll boogie boogie down. <laughs> Sounds like disco a plan. Dice. All right. Uh, I think I have a Twitter handle if you want to talk about what Dan would consider to be the worst type of games. At Cinnamon Buns, spelled stupidly. True. And be sure to join us next week for a full episode. And until then, everyone can say goodbye. Toodles. Bye. Oh, put some oomph in it, Dan. Toodles. There you go. Bye. How do you put oomph in the word toodles? Toodles. <laughs>